Welcome to the ABCs of Matrescence. We are two mamas, Emma and Mackenzie, and we both have toddler age boys. And here in our podcast, we chat all things real motherhood from A to Z and absolutely everything in between. Matrescence is the process of becoming a mother, and that is what we dive into on each and every episode. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Welcome. Hi, guys. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. I'm so happy to be back on the mic. We've had some interviews, which have been amazing, yep. but it's always fun to just chit chat the two of us. I know we're always like, well, we're ch- we chit chat often during the day, but <laughs> just just once or twice, just maybe once. <laughs> but <laughs> I haven't heard from her in an hour. I send out a search troop. No, literally this weekend when you weren't feeling well and like I didn't okay. hear from you for two hours, I literally was like, it, would it be weird to FaceTime her? That'd probably be weird. Okay. <laughs> And I was like, I had food poisoning, and I was like, uh, just trying I'm to survive. Just, I'm just trying to lay down and take a nap. I'm, I'm okay. I promise. I haven't died yet. Don't worry. It was so funny. But then you rallied too. I did rally. Yeah. You rallied because we did have an awesome interview. But yeah, yeah but you, you rallied. You. Yeah, you did it. You did it. But yeah, so it's great to be back on the mic together, having a topic tonight that is nice and light, nice and fun. But we hope you all joined us for episode 19. We had the privilege of interviewing Safia Tella, and we chatted with her all about, basically, she created a live cast Instagram platform and also a podcast, but right now her predominant focus as of late has been on her live cast, and she does interviews with mamas from all over the world. So it was really fun diving into that with her. And then I also had the privilege of being on her live cast, which was en français, in French, but it was still a lot of fun. So you can always take a peek back at her episodes and check that one out from July 13th. But I've been so yeah. jealous of like all your, you know, all you people with your multiple languages. It's actually made me and my husband sit around and go, gosh, we need to figure out a way because I would truly love for Owen to learn. I mean, for me, Spanish would be like my first priority just because I think it's really relevant, obviously, in our country. I would agree. Um, but, you know, I, neither of us speak it. And I've just never, I was never very good at learning foreign language. I took French for four years and learned very Girl, little. I think you should just hire me as a tutor. We could do classes I agree. over Zoom. I know. I know. I, I told Robert <laughs> that. But I'm like, I, I just don't know, like, when do you start that? I should probably talk to you about this, not on our podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Tangent. Anyway, I was, instead of delving into that, um, I, I have been very jealous of your, um, yeah, it was it was really cool to hear her story. And um, yeah, it was interesting just to get a different worldview and, and hear, though, and how many other countries people do speak multiple languages. I feel like mm-hmm. it kind of makes us Americans look bad. Well, it's just, honestly, it's not as much of, part of our culture here. And, you know, I think it also just kind of depends truly on what track in life you pick. So people have mentioned to me before, wow, that's so neat you speak French. And it's certainly something I'm proud of. But I mean, this was one of my majors in as an undergrad, and then it was my master's. I mean, my master's is in French lit. So this is like anybody else, me looking, you know, somebody, for example, like yourself, Emma, who's a professional in the field of fitness and nutrition. And I mean, that's not my background. That's not been my education. So it's, this has just been my focus. So yes, I mean, the applications of it are pretty cool in terms of making connections like this, and especially in the world of motherhood. But um, it's definitely, uh, definitely just, I would say part of what my educational background has consisted of too. So well, it's amazing. And all right, enough rambles about that. And we'll keep, you know, having our small talk for the rest of the podcast at this rate. <laughs> so all right, why don't we share some highs and lows? It's always a busy, crazy week in quarantine, Bill. So what's been going on? What have been some highs and lows for you? So this week, our high is Emerson swimming lessons. So here in Rhode Island, things are going pretty well. Um, in terms of COVID, we're one of the few states that continues to show decreasing numbers. We had a very conservative governor right from the beginning in terms of the COVID preparedness, not conservative in her political ideas, but rather her, her like how prudent she was. And so things have opened back up to some extent. And one of those is swimming lessons. So I have to wear a mask. That was kind of an interesting experience. All the adults wear masks. They take your temperature the second you walk in. There's a very, like, you can only come to your class exactly five minutes before it starts. You have to leave the pool immediately. I mean, they definitely are taking a lot of precautions. Exactly how you dreamed it would be, right? It was. I was like, oh my gosh, what mask am I going to wear to swimming lessons? Like, should I wear my blue one or my pink one? Does it match my suit? Just kidding. It was white. <laughs> it was like one of the uh, 95. didn't or- color coordinate? Well, just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I Emerson clearly wasn't wearing a mask, but it was really fun. He he seemed to actually really enjoy it. He was, you know, they didn't dunk him yet. That might happen, you know, soon. But he he really took to it, and it's definitely something that's super important 
for me and for my husband, just for him to learn to swim. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a start. He's 17 months old. So, I mean, not quite yet Michael Phelps, but I mean, we're just a few years away. So, soon. Yeah. soon I girl. see you college Keep scholarships. Keep pushing. I know. <laughs> Keep pushing him. But yeah, dunk but that, that baby. <laughs> dunk that baby. Okay, girl, I'll dunk him next week. I'm I just swim. kidding. I, I I We plan to start swim lessons, you know, one day. Span is about to shut right down. Now. So, that's a whole different story. Yeah. But um, I did tell my husband, I've heard some of these intense children's swim lessons oh yeah where they just like throw them in the pool it's and like infant I, swim rescue i think isr like there's an acronym yeah, yeah there's yeah. a thing i would i listen to it on a podcast i would lose my mind like i oh, would yeah. there's not a chance i i threaten i, I really want my, my husband to do the swim lessons he loves swimming he loves the water mm. i think it'd be a really sweet thing for them to do but mm-hmm. i was kind of like you know i'm gonna stalk the first couple because if you throw my my sweet little baby boy in a pool like that, I will murder everybody. So, well, I actually yeah, asked terrifying. This, this, I asked the swimming program because they were really nice on the phone. We chatted at length and I said, you know, do you guys do? And they go, that is not our approach. We teach them those techniques, but we do it in a very gentle, gradual way. Our approach is that. So I was like, okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So Yes. That's a but, mess. So. Well, good. Yeah. So it's fun. actually cute that you said that about your husband because tomorrow Emerson has another lesson. We're doing two a week just for, just for the month. And uh, my husband was like, I want to take him. And I was at first like, oh uh, yeah I'm available as well (laughs) and he was like no really like I'm okay like I'll I'll take him so I'm like okay so like I packed their little swim bag tonight like it's waiting by the you know downstairs I'm like okay so you you guys go and and then I'm also kind of like wait a second this is actually really nice this is an hour door to door I will be alone in the house for an hour and you told me today Emma that I'm not allowed to cook and clean no I was like how often do we get an hour in (laughs) our house alone just do say put your feet up paint your nails I I don't know. Do things you cannot do with those boys around. Yeah, it's strong and do a face mask. Good. All right, girl. Do I'll it. do a face mask. Good call. Sweet. Love it. Love it. So yeah. And then my low is just whiny toddler. That's really it. Yeah. Whiny toddler. Yep. The age and stage, unfortunately. Yep. So, it is. Yep. It's tough. It's, it's tough. It that one, makes that one, for long days. Yep. Long days. Yep. So. so what about for you? What's going on? It's really sad. I had to like search for a high. I don't know. It's just things are different down here things are like i got a notice from the news a few minutes ago that they're contemplating going back to like phase one shutting down all the gyms which would be my job and everything Mm. else again so just as things are finally starting to feel more normal (sighs) yeah we're going backwards but anyway i'm gonna still go with a high and it will be my high not owens because i mean he gets enough attention right (laughs) um (laughs) we should do a podcast about ourselves (laughs) i know geez louise all i do is talk about this child i am a person um but no, I I did a decent bit of online work back when I was really working full time. And even when I first had Owen, actually, at the time, I was partnered doing a bunch of nutrition coaching online. Like I was juggling like 20 clients at once. It was crazy, wow. um, which I obviously stopped doing for a long time. And now I've gotten some referrals lately. It's nothing I've been really seeking per se, but I've gotten some referrals and I'm like starting some new clients this week. And I've had one or two here or there, but I'm starting a group and then another couple of people. And it's just... It is. It's really exciting. I feel like uh, it's going to be a little stressful just because it's just managing and figuring out how to juggle everything and whatnot. But yeah, I don't know. It just feels like a little piece of my myself again. And that's really fun. And yeah, I'm looking forward to just doing some more work, feeling fulfilled in that realm. That's awesome. And that reminds me of my recent desire to actually interview you on one of our <laughs> upcoming and podcasts. You told me that and I was like, wait, what? No, because, you know, to chat with you, obviously, about your, you know, your expertise in the area of fitness and also in nutrition. So it'll be fun. It's, it's, but it, that, that's obviously going to be really cool for, well, it's going to be cool for me and also cool for our listeners. I get the benefits on almost a daily basis because I get to you ask do. you. You get free advice. I get free advice. But, you know, it's, it's just, it's obviously amazing that you can share that certainly with our ABCs community, but it is awesome that you're tapping back into that professionally because I feel like it was just a few weeks ago you were saying, you know, it's been, you know, one of the biggest challenges as of COVID is that, you know, we don't have a nanny right now. The childcare thing is looking bleak because of, um, I should say the daycare thing because of everything going on in Savannah. And, you know, I just feel like this popping up is super positive. That's awesome. Yeah, it was good timing. And it's been really, really good. My husband's been really supportive of just trying to help me juggle making time to do some of this because he does watch Owen um, a couple mornings a week and a couple afternoons. He knocks off work early. And he's just been really supportive. And when I mentioned to him about getting some new clients and feeling nervous, and he was like, look, let's block off a couple of evenings a week where we turn off the TV and we do stuff together so you can get yours done. And he's just, you know, Mm -hmm. on the weekends, you let me know what you need. 
so he's just really supportive and I'm very appreciative of that. So the, there's almost, I feel like a learning curve in marriage in this season, right? Like it, I feel like it's taken us a lot of times of, for example, that's him automatically stepping up to the plate not happening and us having to talk about that. Or like conversely, maybe me kind of dropping the ball on something. Maybe I'm not as attentive to his needs or I'm not as quick to be like, how was your day? Because I'm kind of too busy either venting from mine or just trying to recoup, you know? Yeah, and, and I feel like so we found this hard. path of like Find the better intuitively pull. knowing what the other person needs. Like this weekend after I had not been feeling good and this and that, he was like, look, I think you just need a break. Why don't you just go do something for a couple hours? Like mm-hmm. he just sees that. And I don't feel like I have to ask. I don't have to apologize for it. And it's the same. Like a couple weekends ago, I just could tell he was stressed out with work and I was like why don't you go for a long bike ride and like take your time or go upstairs for like I feel like we're just getting into a better better rhythm of understanding what the other person needs without Mm -hmm. having to ask or without resentfulness you know building up because we don't feel like we're getting what we need so we we are just seeing each other and it's lovely so that's good and my low for the week this really stunk um little man burned his fingers and it was traumatizing for me probably and my husband who more than anything but um long story short i was in the shower and my husband was sweetly making dinner and trying to juggle all the things with him running underfoot and he pulled out a hot pan and put it on you know the top of the counter and it was probably an inch back which normally owen can't reach well he was also wearing shoes that day and it just you know, circumstances. So I reached up and touched the hot baking sheet. And yeah, we had two hours of sobbing and we almost took him to the emergency room and all the things. It was really, really scary for us. It was just the first time like we've had something that seemed like a, I mean, I knew he was okay, but he was just truly a sobbing mess for multiple hours. And so it was just scary and sad. And my husband felt awful even though it's just one of those you know accidents happen these things happen all the time but anyway that was just definitely kind of a downer but the funny thing is the next day you would never have a clue he had blisters they popped we were worried about him and he didn't even pretend to notice so it was all good yeah that new baby skin i mean it heals so quickly but still so upsetting for you guys you know it was and we just you know you feel like a crappy parent anytime your kid gets hurt on your watch so but all is well we survived yeah well you got through it but it's those are the kind of things where and of course you're like oh you feel guilty but it's like that's why it's called an accident you know these things happen and yeah it's the worst feeling so but i'm glad he's better i'm glad everything's okay and i'm glad you didn't have to go to the er either because that would have just also caused additional stress that was a whole other realm of anxiety yes it was during the middle of cooking dinner and nobody ate dinner we just all sat around and cried together it was lovely (laughs) (laughs) oh well I'm sure it won't be the last, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So anyway, well, why don't we jump into our topic tonight? So we wanted to do something that, like, this is just kind of fun, light, you know, it's something I'm sure many people can relate to. And so we're going to talk about the things we said we would never do as parents, which I always joke and say I was the absolute best perfect parent before I became a parent. So <laughs> all the things <laughs> I that like I was like, that. this is how it's going to be and blah, blah, blah. And then you have a baby, and guess what? And you know what? We're recording this now when the boys are, they're exactly 17 months and then almost 18 months respectively, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. And I'm like, won't it be fun to, obviously by this time we'll be super famous, so that'll be really cool. But to re-record this in like five years, for example, right? Like, I, I feel like there's probably right now, like we probably have visions of what we think things are even going to be like in five, you know, seven, 10 years, you know, and it'll be funny. I mean, I imagine, you know, the way you think you're going to parent even a teenager in a few years. Yes. And you're like, oh, (laughs) then you meet your teenager. Yeah, You're like, no (laughs) cell phones. You would never have a cell phone. And like Emerson will probably be like four, you know, getting an iPhone. Just kidding. I'm just saying. (laughs) So we'll call this the first 18 months, the things we said we'd never do. And we'll reevaluate in a couple of years when we you know i love screw it. everything else up so well how yeah. about you you want to kick it off so what is something you swore you would never do as a mama oh gosh um well during my pregnancy i was a very gung-ho that i was going to go right back to my full-time job because i had finally gotten as, as i mentioned in previous podcasts my, the job truly that was an amazing fit for me here teaching french in a private school um locally not far drive from the house. It was both the lower school, or excuse me, it was the middle school and the upper school. So I was teaching basically from sixth grade through 12th grade. Had four different classes, loved my students, loved the environment. It was truly the fit for me. 
Um, also, like, let's be real. Like, my last name is Fam. Madame rhymes, rhymes with that. I was Madame Fam. I mean, give me a break, right? That's it was amazing. a slam dunk. Yeah. Loved it. But, um, and I was planning, I should say, before I say the but, I was planning during my pregnancy to go back. We found a daycare that I felt great about. Emerson was signed up for that. We were ready to go. I had, a, I had a date to come back. I left the sub with like specific instructions. I had had the whole classes scheduled for the entire year. I knew exactly what I would be teaching when I came back on and what the sub had to cover. I mean, I was meticulous. And then I never came back. I mean, I came back for like the very tail end of the school year just for like a day or two. But like that was it because that's the, so the funny. I actually did not completely it. know that about you. Yeah, I was I mean, I was I didn't totally know you were like that like all in, like you had picked out a daycare and, and all oh, that. Yeah. So we paid a deposit. Yeah, I think it was yeah. like 75 or 100 bucks. Oh, girl, yeah, we were. I have put down deposits multiple times on daycares. <laughs> like, I bet at this point we are like five or $600 in the hole because I've been like, yeah, yeah, we're going to go. Not. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, it happens. I think it's part of the, well, especially now. There's there's definitely a lot of factors well, for, different for that. But yeah. but yeah, but still, nevertheless, yeah. So I was gung-ho and I felt like, you know, I love this job. I'm so excited to have a child, but I don't want to give it up. And then what happened was he came and um, it was a period of kind of just adjusting to motherhood initially with that first month and a half or so, or two months. And then I would say right around the two or two and a half month mark, they offered me my contract, like as I expected, that was something I anticipated. And it was for an additional class, it would have been five classes and an, you know, an advisory period as well. And I was looking at what would have been the equivalent of basically leaving the house a little before seven to take him to daycare and then picking him up probably around 4.15. And I was looking at 45 hours a week and many of those mornings or evenings, my husband wouldn't be home anyways because of his demanding schedule. And I just said, you know what? I, I can't, I cannot do it. And then the other thing to point out too is the financial piece, because I feel like, especially here in the U.S., this is what the reality we have to face as women when we consider going back to work or not. My husband and I did the math after we paid daycare and then paid for additional nannying, kind of when that would apply for various school events, assuming my husband wouldn't be available, which is a very valid assumption. And I would have walked away from the whole year with just approximately $17,000. Wow. So That's I would have so done, yeah, 45 yeah. hours a week. My child is never with me during the week. My family life and my home life is very stressed and very tight, and I'm netting that much money. My husband and I were like, you know what? We can just make some very tight decisions. I mean, for goodness sakes, he drives my my little two-door blue Kia. You know, I mean, we... But who cares? Yep, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yep. We were like, you know what? We are, we're not, we're considering maybe a move. Nope, we're staying right where we are. We're going to keep renting. Like, this is what we're going to do. So... That was a long, long-winded um, first one, but that was that was our story, and that was well, really. I'll just chime in and say that was on my list too, um, because oh, cool. I I had this whole like, I am woman, hear me roar. I am not gonna stay <sighs> home. Perry, I am so gonna Katie work. Too. I, oh yeah. yeah, like that was totally me. Like, yeah, I'm gonna have a kid, but my life's not gonna be staying. In, I mean, just you know, I had like a chip on my shoulder about it for whatever reason. It felt like I had to prove something. And yeah, that changed. And I, I did go back to work, but I went back to work very part time and it was really hard and there was not a chance I was going back full time. So my husband just cackled at me because I also told all my clients and everything. I always said I'd be back six to eight weeks. Yeah, that didn't happen. Six to so, eight, I mean, girl. Six and to I did go weeks. back at, I did go back at eight weeks. Oh, you but did. Yeah, I, did. I, I did. But amazing. I mean, I went from like saying I was going to work 45 to 50 hours a week to working eight. So mm. Obviously different, but yeah. So that was also something I uh, said I would never do. But live and learn. You don't know till you uh, till you have that baby. But you know what's so hard though? I feel like for well, I'll speak for myself, and you tell me if you felt this way too. The thing that's so hard about it is that I know that I made the right decision for me and for our family. And this is probably a little bit more of an appropriate topic for our if we do a podcast about careers, which I know we want to do. But I'll, I'll just say it here because it does apply. The challenge is that. I still miss that job, you know? So it's like, I said I would go back to work. I didn't, but I'm a little sad. <laughs> that is the reality, even though I fully love being home. Well, I don't love every moment of it. Even though I'm fully invested in the decision I made, let's just put it that way, it still sucks sometimes. 
Well, the truth is, I, I would love to do it all. I would. Mm-hmm. Like, I miss the hustle and bustle of my mm-hmm. job. It was very, like, go, go, go. It was, yeah, it was kind of competitive in a way. Like, there was a lot of lot to it. I was on my feet all day talking to all these people. And I miss a lot of that. And I wish I could do both. But when I picture it, it's easier for me to say no to the job than it is for me to envision being away from Owen for that many hours a week. And so it just, it just is what it is, you know, and that will change because once he's in school, I do intend to have different plans. But for now, like I'm, I'm at peace with the decision. It was the right decision. It's not an easy decision though. So what about for you? What is another thing that you said I will never do? And then you did. So this is like, one I was so hardcore about, which shows how little I knew even about babies. I just had no clue. I was I had never been around an infant, but I swore there was not a chance that baby would end up in my bed. And you had guess a little co-slept for the first three and a half months. Yep, absolutely, I did, and it was. I don't know. I I had no reality of what that would look like, and I had a baby that. We tried over and over and over again, and he, I mean, I tried endlessly. I did. If one no, more it's person. It's not that you didn't try. Yeah. I will tell you guys, that's one of those, like, pet peeves. If one more person had told me, well, you got to swaddle, and you got to turn on white noise, and you just shush him. Like, I did, we did all those things, and it was like, that was not my kid. And that was a big eye-opener mm-hmm. for me of, mm-hmm. like, every kid is different, because I did everything that every other mom swore worked perfectly for her baby and you know we weren't doing anything wrong it was just our kid and and it it worked it was not ideal i yes was concerned of the safety we were safe as we possibly could and you know what we all got a mild amount of sleep and guess what at three and a half months he slept in his crib and it was okay and now (laughs) i told Mackenzie this the other day he's had a little bit of like some wake-ups and i tried the other day to pull him into bed with me and he won't sleep with me anymore he just thinks it's playtime so he just like literally sat up and was like do 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 crawling around the bed so now i can't get the kid to sleep with me but for the first three months, as much as I said I would not, that little boy laid on mama. Yeah. You know, it's it's so interesting because I think that even though I said I don't want him to sleep in my bed with me, I think that part of me was like, but if it happens, that's really sweet. But once he was born, I was too scared. I was yeah, too I that. Yeah, it was I was scary. Just, yeah. yeah, but it just never like, yeah, he was in the bassinet. But, you know, I, I guess on a similar vein was that I said he will be in the bassinet by my bed, right by my bed. We got one of those halo bassinets that swivels mm-hmm. even over the bed. I mean, it was elaborate. He was right next to me. I said he'll be here for a minimum six months, maybe 12. We moved that little bugger to his own room when he was one month old. <laughs> I remember when I first started talking to you, you told me, and the fact that your husband was a doctor, I was like, wait, that's okay. And you were a big reason I even moved Owen at three and a half months because, you know, everybody says six months or what I think that's one of the guidelines or recommendations. Yep, it's one of the recommendations. So yep. I was like, wait, you did it at one month? And you're like, one girl, month. do it. <laughs> well, because literally he was like sleeping next to a suckling pig. I mean, they're so noisy. So Nobody noisy. told me that. Yeah, Nobody noisy. told me they were so noisy. Yeah. And I was I remember I remember bringing it up to my um, OB who has three children at my six six week checkup, uh, which, by the way, how ridiculous is it that you just women just only get one checkup? And anyways, that's a, another yeah, topic. I was like, I can't even touch that. That yeah, will we turn into an episode. Yeah, we'll I save know. that for later. I'm going to just throw that one. Just going to put that yep. into a little pile. Duly noted. <laughs> um, but, you know, she she was basically like, well, you know, you got to do what's best for you. Like, obviously, they always give kind of cagey responses. She's great. But she, it was a little bit like, you got to do what's best for you. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I do. <laughs> like, I, yep. I think it's true. And so, you know, we, we moved in there. He was 10 steps. I mean, literally, I counted the steps. The number of steps between me stepping foot on the floor and being in his room. The monitor was right by my bed. And then, of course, yes, I was still waking up. What? How many times a night? But the fact that I was in my bed... And next to my husband, even though, yeah, he was generally working, but when he was home, it just made a world of difference. So yeah, that was something that I did not anticipate either. I was like, oh no, he's going to sleep by my bed. And then one month I was like, bye. (laughs) Love it. I love that you did that. As I said, it empowered me to do the same. And yeah, Yeah. I slept way better. Even if it wasn't for longer blocks, I just felt like I actually slept during those because Mm -hmm. I didn't hear him rustling around. And I think he heard me too. And yeah, anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you feel like you're walking like, even now, like if we vacation anywhere, literally I'm like, is there, which is not happening a lot right now, but when we just did a little weekend trip a few weeks back, like him having his own bedroom was paramount. 
because otherwise like he's in the room with us and he hears everything. He's such a light sleeper. I mean, it just is, you know, we're so grateful when we go to both of our parents' houses, they most of the time have extra room so mm. he can sleep. Cause we've never had to travel and had him in our room. Cause I'm like, he is a super light sleeper. I'm like, Oh, be a disaster. Yeah. So anyway, that'd be, well, that'd that's be, awesome. That'd be tough. Yeah. Yep. Love it. So, yeah. Um, on the topic of sleep, I would say something I also swore I would never do in the beginning with sleep is I would never have us as a family, like me sleep in a separate room for my husband to take care of the baby. Cause I just had it in my head. Like, that's not what you do as a family. Like we're in this together. We're going to do all the things. And honestly, after a couple of weeks, once we realized Owen sleeping in the bassinet was not going to happen, we tried the bedside thing, didn't work. Um, yeah, I went into another room and slept with Owen because it just... I knew my husband was actually really nervous. He was more nervous about having the baby near him in the bed because he was just afraid he would move around and yada, yada, yada. And I actually felt more comfortable in like the other room where I could set things up the way I wanted. And for, for multiple reasons, I knew my husband, he was working full time. I was not. So I wanted one of us to get some sleep. I was nursing, you know, he wasn't taking a bottle. So there was kind of nothing my husband could do so it just for me felt like i should just let him get some sleep so anyway much to my chagrin and all the things i i said i'd never do i did go sleep in a separate room for the first uh three months and then around three and a half months i came back into the bedroom when I, we finally got to where i could put owen in the bassinet for short windows at least and then yeah we stayed together ever since so but yeah yeah, I think that honestly, too, with the co-sleeping, I mean, that is a factor as well, right? Two people getting in and out of the bed and all of that. I mean, it's got to be something you're comfortable with. Yep. So, so, and I was, neither of us were super comfortable with co-sleeping to begin with. It wasn't like a, we believe in this. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I truly have no judgment. I think you just have to do it, yep. you know, in a smart way. Like you can set it up to where it's of minimal risk, but um, it was never something we were like passionate to do purposefully. So, yep, but yeah. you do the best you can. It was just another example of you don't know till till you're in the situation. You, you don't know, know your so, kid. What's so interesting is that I feel like I went into, once Emerson arrived, and then my husband went back to work um, when he was six days old. So I went into it thinking and telling my husband, you should sleep downstairs. Like, you you should. You will sleep better. You will, The baby will not be waking you up, which is like, okay, now with a different mindset, I'm like – holy cow, like, this is not okay that a woman with a six-day-old child is telling her husband, like, asking her husband to not be there to help her with the child overnight. You know what I'm saying? Like, I oh, realized well, that... absolutely. Yeah. In retrospect, in if we have another kid, I will flat out be like, no, I need you to help me more at night. Mm -hmm. Like, I do. Mm -hmm. I slept very little those first three months, and I was really kind of a train wreck. And... I, I needed more help. I will next time be like, no, I can pump and you can give him some bottles because we needed to, to do that more. We needed to split mm -hmm. it up better. Um, I was just trying to, honestly, I was trying to prove something that I could do it, that I didn't need anybody else, that I could be super mom. Really? That's a little that's bit of my personality. And that's where all that came from. So here's your confessional, guys. I know we said we were going to get serious, but that's kind of serious. But yeah, it was. It was a lot of, I, I was a nervous new mom that didn't feel like I knew what I was doing and felt like I had to prove that I could do it. So anyway. You know, and I, I feel like, though, that also, like, again, to take it another level deeper, ties into the fact that you had a colicky son. Yeah. And so yeah. going through that period of that, like, you constantly were reminded on a daily basis of every, you could do all the things and he still wasn't happy. Yeah. And so it was like, you know, probably, I'm I, actually, I don't know what it was like. I'm going to assume and tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like every day was probably that, like that kind of mental or emotional battle of like, okay, well, can I meet, meet his needs today? Is that going to be Well, I just, today? yeah, I felt like a terrible mom because I could not soothe my child. Like there was nothing minus nursing. That was the only time he was quiet and we did a lot of that, but I felt like I could not comfort him. And yeah, as a new mom, I felt so insecure. I, you know, it was just, it was not fun. Yeah. It took a long time. So for me, like, I guess taking over the night, honestly, what I would do is I would come upstairs to where my husband really couldn't hear him crying too much and just walk back and forth for hours and hours and hours. And I almost felt like it was less pressure when my husband couldn't hear the crying. That it didn't make me feel like judged or like I was being a bad mom on display when I could kind of just go take him and hide. And so that's what I did. So, yeah, it was kind yeah. of depressing. <laughs> no, but it's, I mean, it's, but it's, it's the just reality. being honest. So, yeah. yeah. And I think what was interesting for us was it was, it was about the one week mark. My husband was back to work 
And I went to the pediatrician alone for whatever appointment that was, which was not something I was unfamiliar with. I've been to the vast majority of appointments, even during my pregnancy as well, alone. So it wasn't that huge of a deal. I went to it. And he was at work. And um, the pediatrician was like, well, how are you and your husband sleeping? I said, well, my husband's sleeping downstairs. And she's like, I think he should come up to the, and be in the bedroom with you. And I was like, but, you know, he has to work. I mean, he, he leaves to work around 6 a.m. He's off and home at 8 p.m. A little later, he has to study. I mean, and she goes, I understand that. But, you know, it's important that he's a part of this as well. So I actually came home and I told my husband, I said, you know, this is her thoughts. And, you know, I, I, I do I do prefer to have you next to me. I said, I'm nursing him, so I will get up and nurse him. But, um, you know, I, I realize you're not able to do that. You will just roll over and go back to sleep when you hear him cry. But, like, can can you come in and be be with me? Um, and he said yes. And then we actually never looked back. So after that first few days, he never left the room. I mean, sometimes he works overnight, so that doesn't count. But And then the one thing I think that it did encourage, which I realized his sleep deprivation was extreme at this time. So like, let's just be like, send a shout out to our doctors because sometimes they're sleep, they're working on literally four hours of sleep and it's a miracle. But he would go to sleep at maybe 11 p.m. after he was off work and done studying. And he would wake up at four every single morning to hold Emerson from four to six because that four to six window was where he would no longer sleep in the bassinet or crib. Mm -hmm. And he could just literally rock him and hold him. He would sleep in his arms and I would sleep that extra two hours because I would have been up, you know, a million times in the night. And I just remember that being like, even though I felt like worlds apart from my husband emotionally in some ways, I remember his sacrifice of those early mornings being being really helpful. So actually, I will yeah. say that is the hours my husband took over as well. He would get helpful, up and like take Owen around four thirty or yep, yeah, around four thirty or five. He would hold him until like he needed to get up and go to work, and he would just go take him into the living room, and he'd be awake, usually just playing on his phone or something, and just let him nap on his chest. And it mm-hmm. did give me a yes. couple of solid hours of sleep without Owen there. And it, yeah, it, it was really helpful. And again, I, you know, we just we need to do a whole episode probably on the marriage dynamics during mm-hmm. those early times because mm-hmm. I, it, it was just such a learning curve and it, it was hard. I mean, we do, took a it long time of like making mistakes and struggling and stuff. And, you know, it's amazing to see where we are now, which is wonderful. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard all the way around. Oh, no and matter what kind of baby you have. And then just to dig out that little six month, six week postpartum appointment being a bunch of BS, right? That the yeah. woman isn't checked yeah. on. Let's just dig a little deeper back into that hole real quick and say six months postpartum or six weeks. I keep saying six months, six weeks postpartum. You're supposed to come home and be like, honey, all I want to do is have sex with you. Um, <laughs> like, I can tell you, we did not have sex six oh, weeks heck postpartum. No. So heck no. I mean, I more mean, power to you ladies. If you yeah, want, if, if you, are, you want to, if you are, if you are, yeah. actually, if you are like, Seriously, okay, this is the thing. If you want to at six weeks and you are excited about it, like, I hope that you realize that you are very fortunate because that's wonderful to have a sex drive at six weeks postpartum. No, oh, really. I mean, that's no great. chance anything was coming. Oh, no. Nothing was coming near within that no. area. No. Mm-hmm. I had some bad stitch issues too. So, Oof, me too. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, Ooh, not a chance. Yeah. It, it was uh, probably several more months, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah. So, we were like, Sorry. I, I want to say it was like 10 or 11 weeks. And yeah. definitely. I think we were close to 12. Yeah, yeah. lube was involved. Um, mm-hmm. yep. a, a really nice one, though, a silicone based. <laughs> we should put in the show notes. <laughs> oh, you posted it in the in our HA group, and I ordered I it. I did. So, oh, I did. I posted yeah. it for everybody. I, it was a PSA. I mean, it's helpful. Yeah. It was fantastic. It was it's like organic, what? too. I know. I, I ordered it. it. I have it downstairs, girl. <laughs> thank you. My husband says thank you. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> this, is what, this is what happens when we haven't recorded in a while. So uh, you're welcome. That's really but funny. Seriously, that's hot tip. Yeah. If you're yeah. a first time mama. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like stuff no one talks to you about. You know what I mean? They don't tell you like, oh, hey, by the way, your estrogen is so low because you're breastfeeding or because you're postpartum or because your hormones or because you're sore or because you're exhausted or because like you have just spent all day giving every ounce to a very small little person. Like no one like warns you about this stuff. Another thing I said that I would never do is structure my days entirely around Emerson's schedule. So like I was like, you know what? My baby is going to fit into, you know, my existing life. Like if I want to go places, if I want to do things, he can just come along with me. I think I had visions of myself wearing one of those like really complicated baby wraps. Like I would be like in casual Birkenstocks with my my hair swept to the side. I'd have my really trendy diaper bag. I'd have my baby and I would just be that person that's like down for a coffee meetup, down for a boat ride. Cause you can say that when you live in Rhode Island, down for a walk, like down for whatever. Mm, yep. Nope. I wasn't down for anything. 
I mean, I did do a few things, but the amount of things I said no to, like, I mean, there are probably like enough grains of sand on the earth. That was as many times as I said no, you know? Yep. Totally. So. It's very hard. The reality yeah. there is totally different. And, um, and missing yeah, I think nap, we've both like, been pretty yeah. like tight on baby schedule because mm-hmm. we just found it makes our lives easier too. And it makes our kids happier when they're well rested. And honestly, getting out of the house is stressful sometimes and sometimes more stressful than it's worth or just like the capacity we have. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's okay. It's, but hard, it's a push but and it's pull okay. though. I mean, I see yeah. other mothers. I mean, I, 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 you know, I have friends that, they, their kids have learned, for example, to fall asleep at someone's house. So, like, you know, friends from church, they'll they'll go to like and do like a, a weekly like meetup. It's it's called a home group, and they they get together, and it, it's really it's wonderful. It's something I really enjoyed participating in. But I have to use that in the past tense because I haven't participated in it since Emerson was born, and that's because you know the start time is seven p.m. So like people would go with their kiddo and put their kiddo down in a pack and play in the room of somebody's house, and it's all safe. I mean. You know, it's all very normal, but they would then wake the kiddo up at 9 or 9.30 and then take them back to their house and put them oh to sleep, God, and that would be that. Like, it's mind-blowing. Okay. The thought of that happening, that. yeah, like, I mean, literally, like, I don't know. Like, I would have to have had, like, maybe 7 to 10 marijuana brownies. <laughs> and I just want to preface by saying, I don't eat marijuana brownies, so I would have to eat 7 to 10 to even be open to that idea uh, yeah that that's mind-boggling maybe 12 that that would never happen so yeah but well, I, I feel mean, like you can have all the brownies you want but i'm not dropping my kids <laughs> like <laughs> well, here at the end of the day sleep. at the end of the day if i'm gonna have a pot brownie which again hasn't happened in about five years i suppose i should do it when i'm not going to someone's house for a church meetup and then gonna drive for a church meetup <laughs> And then drive home with your child. Where did that even come from? How many have you had this evening, my friend? We've lost control of the podcast. I did did tell my husband, I said, honey, when residency is over, it might be really fun just one time to get high together. And I think he was I, like, see, me okay, and my husband have know. never done that either. And because yeah, I, haven't, either, I haven't smoked pot since I yes, was me neither. I was in grad school. Twenty something. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I've said that too. I was like, it really <laughs> might be fun one time. Because I just time. can't even envision my husband doing <gasps> I know. that. Isn't it just I just like a funny hysterical? Visual? I know. Yeah. Maybe we can do it together. That's okay. So, anyway, we okay. we should move on with <laughs> we need- <laughs> This this has gone way off the rails. It has. (laughs) Okay. So let's see. What is next on my list? Um, All right. Going back to like the, or sticking with the newborn days. I don't know why my husband and I got this in our head, but we were like, pacifiers are bad. No go. I don't want to have to wean our kid off a pacifier. It seems like a nightmare. We just had a weird chip on our shoulder about it. So for the first couple of weeks, Owen was an angel. He just laid there. He just slept. And it, we were like, we have this parenting thing down. And then it was right at two weeks. He just woke up and he mm. never stopped. And yeah. We had serious conversations for a couple of days of like, no, we shouldn't do the pacifier. We said we weren't going to do it. It was mm-hmm. such a thing. And then finally I broke down and I had one like snuck it to him. And I like confessed later in the day to my husband and he didn't really take it. And I felt guilty. So I just took it out. And then uh, I told my husband, he was like, okay, we, we have to do the pacifier thing. This kid won't stop screaming. And it was just so funny because after all this like emotional debate about the pacifier, Owen would never take the damn pass far. We, uh, we, oh, he never we even kept... took it. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. Not for a second. Mm-mm. Nope. It would have made our life so much easier, but he had zero interest. He acted like we were trying to murder him by trying to put a pass far in, fa- in his mouth. And it was just so hard because he just wanted to nurse for comfort all the time. And so I desperately wanted to do a pass far, mainly because like my nipples were falling off and it was terrible. But no go. He didn't take the passy. So, but it was just funny because I don't know why we had such a chip on our shoulder and said we would never, ever give our kid a pacifier because we didn't want to deal with taking it away. But you know, it I, backfired. I think, Karma. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I, I had a similar thing. I mean, I was I was nervous about giving him one because I had heard the, the stories of having to, like, stop your toddler cold turkey with the pacifier yep. and the toddler, totally. you know, breaking down or whatever. And so the funny thing is, is we similarly were like, well, we're just not going to offer him one. So we never did, really. And he took one maybe very occasionally at the beginning, but then never did. But then I felt like it was us who suffered the most because there are times when, 
mean, maybe not so much now being as he's a little bit older, but there were many times in there, like five, six, seven months, especially when like they're starting to be more aware, but they're still fussy. They still need to take, you know, two to three naps a day. And I think it was about two months that they dropped down to around six months. But anyways, I remember thinking, gosh, just take a pacifier. But we never like did that. So he wasn't like all of a sudden wanting one, you know? So yep, no, it never worked for us. I tried many, many, many times. So, but it's a good point. Like I would say that like, if somebody's hearing this and they're, they're like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't do it. No, do it. If it works do for it. your kid, oh my awesome. Gosh, yeah. Enjoy the pacifier. I just, I also, I heard horror stories of playing the pacifier game at night of like, Oh, that's true. Baby goes to sleep at pacifier. It falls out. You, you have to wake up. Like in. in play, like that was a no-go. Yeah, well, see, I say that now. Second baby. Who the heck knows? Well, you but know, but anyway, taking care of babies, taking care of babies has like even tips on that. Like some of the yeah. thoughts behind it are, okay, put them to bed with the pacifier. If it falls out, tough luck. They yeah. have to learn to go back to sleep without it. Yeah. And then when they now, get old now enough, that I'm a more experienced parent, I actually do not think I would play that game with the second baby. I, I'm not quite so scared of a few tears. So I'd be like, you'll figure it out, kid. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, what's next on your list? So I would say, well, this one is it's funny because I don't know necessarily why I didn't think this would be the case, but I did not expect, or no, I should say that I honestly said, I will not be a super anxious and uptight mom. But it's like, in general, I tend to be more on the anxious side. So I'm not sure why I thought really? that that wouldn't change. Oh, that's peculiar. I did not notice that about this you. Is, this is news to Emma. Totally folks. new news. information. <laughs> Breaking news. Ignore <laughs> the CNN updates on your phone because you can just listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. No, I, I don't know why. I, I literally just thought that for some, I mean, back to that vision I had of myself, right? I mentioned earlier the Birkenstocks, the designer stroller bag and all those totally things. Laid back and chill totally laid back and chill yeah no there was yeah there there wasn't there isn't there probably won't be much chill in this parenting journey for me and so yeah i i think that i i said that you know i'm not going to be that uptight about it i'm going to be pretty laid back and i mean i'm i'm pretty uptight you know i would say like i definitely like i want to tightly wound my friend i am i am which is why we're friends because yeah that was also on my list not worded in the same way but i said i would never be that mom that would like refuse to leave her kid or be really clingy or be like Mm. you know i can't go off for a few hours and oh yeah i'm totally that mom like i've struggled with a lot of anxiety and i mean i i i've never left him overnight you know here we are 17 months and granted i will also say we've you know the last four plus months has been the middle of a yeah totally different thing but um yeah i've never left him overnight and the idea still makes me extremely anxious so you know we only did one time as you know and that was because my parents were there yep and they had you know and they yeah and we were literally 20 minutes away and yeah and i will say i think it would be different if we had family here that were around him all the time like i think it'd be Mm. very different if like my parents or my mom or my in-laws saw him on a regular basis but they don't. And so, you know, no, I don't feel comfortable even as much as I love them. And I know he would be well taken care of. Like, I, I can't just go drop him off for a night or something like that. So anyway, just to say, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I sh- I've struggled a lot more with anxiety and being a little bit of that anxious, overprotective mom. So yeah, still a battle. Yeah, it is. Definitely. And for more on that, please visit our anxiety episode. Where we <laughs> yeah, touch- refer back to episode 16, I think it was. I think this was kind of on both of our lists. So I, I, I guess being into nutrition, I've had a lot of like opinions on the type of mother I would be in feeding my child. And I would say I've actually really stuck to my guns on the majority of them. But one thing I swore I would never do is when your kid got whiny or, you know, they were misbehaving or whatever to give them food to shut them up for all intents and purposes. Like if I'm going to be real, I would not be that mom to use food as a distraction for my kid. Um, that was you mean like behave. stroller rides, car rides, et cetera, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Guess who does it every day on a stroller ride? Because he started getting fussy on a stroller yeah. ride. What? Here's a puff. What? Here's a bomba. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And even sometimes when I'm trying to make dinner or something oh, like, yeah. Yeah, I set him up with some Cheerios today because I was like, I just need to get this done for five seconds. You know, like I'm not force feeding my kid and, you know, he may actually be hungry. I don't know. And sometimes he eats it and sometimes he doesn't. Like I will say that, you know, I think he he eats when he's hungry and a lot of times it just gets thrown to the dogs if he's not hungry. Mm -hmm. But either way, I said 
that was something I was super big on never doing. And yeah, I want to take a walk. I use it mostly in the stroller. I will say at home, I have a little bit more patience for being like, buddy, you're just going to have to be okay for a minute. But walking is my sanity time. And I got real, real tired of meltdowns and fussy pants. So have some Bombas kid and hush. Yes, no, that was us even just this afternoon. It was a Bomba-filled walk, and then he had like a few little slivers of cherry when we got to the park, and I was like, okay, we're just going to keep on snacking, you know? So, yep. Yeah, no, it's I, I, I put the exact same thing down. Like, I wrote all the snacks when I need him to calm, <laughs> calm down, because it's like, otherwise, like, yeah, it's tough. And like, in the car, I get nervous giving him anything because I can't, like, see him, even though I realize, like, oh, I have the little, you know, what is it? The little mirror thing. But um, when if I can sit in the back seat with him, oh, oh, there's one right there. I will never sit in the back seat and let my husband be the Uber driver. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's been my husband must be an Uber driver because I sit in the back seat oh, when girl. the baby's. You know fussing. we do the same. I'll actually say I've been better about it. In re- well, <laughs> I say in recent times we haven't gone anywhere, so <laughs> I went on the solo road times. trip. But I will say the only time I've ever given him food in the car was when I drove by myself. I drove four hours up to oh, Atlanta. Girl. You could have given him a hand grenade and I would have been like, I get it. I, I mean, and he still screamed half the dang trip. But um, I did give him. But I only get I gave him like puffs and bombas, like stuff that I felt super okay about, like that mm-hmm. I knew, you know, I was not super, not afraid of him choking too much. But anyway. Again, more things that I said I would never do is I would never give him food that could potentially be a choking hazard while he was in the back seat. <sighs> I know. Just, yeah, ask me wild. two hours into screaming. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, you do you do what you need to do. Um, another thing I said that I wouldn't – well, I didn't say that I would never do it, but I didn't definitely didn't see myself doing it just yet. And that was allowing Emerson to watch certain amounts of screen time. And so starting – it was kind of right around the beginning of COVID – and I was just feeling that crunch that I think a lot of us were feeling where the, the hours were long, at least up here still in Rhode Island, the weather was still pretty cold in March and things were limited. Options were super limited. I think the fact also that my husband's in um, in healthcare, I had basically zero people that even wanted something social distanced around me because I think that was before people saw COVID more as a community disease, they thought more as a hospital situation. So I, I get the anxiety. I understood it. But Needless to say, it was long, long hours solo. And so I started letting him watch maybe about anywhere from like 10 to 15 minutes every couple days. It wasn't really even every day, but still it was, it was screen time. Um, it's called Le Monde des Titunis and it's like little French cartoons and they sing songs that I've mentioned this in a previous podcast too. They sing songs that he already knows because I sing them to him and we have books about them and we listen to them. So he gets really excited because it like all comes together for him and he knows what it is and whatnot. So, I do. I let him watch that. And it's like, it's my saving grace for like 15 minutes when I need to clean up a meal or when he's super, super, super fussy. And I'm like, you know what? I just don't want to sit on the floor and do your puzzle for the 70th time and have you throw it at me. So I put it on for like 10 minutes to kind of change so what it you're up. saying is you are a terrible parent that's frying your child's brain. Oh, I'm just frying his brain. And you know what? The thing about it, though, that has been relatively cool is that, you know, I say whenever I'm turning it off, like, okay, obviously I'm explaining to him, like, goodbye, we're turning it off now and in in front of and he understands. And he's just like, okay. Like, so it goes off without a fuss. There's never a fight. There's never, and I'm like hoping that stays because that would be like, I think my concern would be like if it ever became like a battle, that would be like a little bit challenging. But yeah, so that's something I said that I really wouldn't do and I'm doing and, but I mean, it is what it is. All right. I think I'm going to narrow down to my last one before we drive you people crazy. Um, I said that we would be those minimalist parents. We weren't going (laughs) to buy the toys, especially the loud ones that light up and make noise. And to be fair, I I have not purchased a ton of those because I find them super annoying. But yeah, I mean, our house looks like toys exploded. I don't think it's as bad as some because my husband nags me about it. But I mean, yeah, we have bukus of toys. Like, it's ridiculous. And um, did, yeah. Did you just say bukus? Oh, yeah. I, did. <laughs> <laughs> I just use that actually all the time. <laughs> See, something stuck from French. You're welcome. Just, All I'm you French listeners, I'm sure just, we'll be fine. thrilled. I'm just taking deep breaths. It's fine. <laughs> Emma interjecting fine. her, her okay. expertise. So, well, well at least we have a starting point for those Zoom lessons. <laughs> <laughs> See, two steps ahead of you, girl. 
Ah, uh, yes. But anyway, we have lots of toys. And I said we would not do that. And I just ordered more on Amazon today. So, oh, well, what, what's my next comment? Please Oops. send me what you ordered because chances are I'll want to order it too. Well, I always <laughs> wait and see if Owen actually plays with it for more than seven seconds. And then you recommend, recommend it. it. Yeah. But if it does keep his attention long enough, I'm like, all right, try this one. <laughs> Well, I have to chime into that one because when I was telling my mom earlier today about the episode we were recording, I was telling her the theme and she goes, don't forget to add on there that you bought so many toys and that your living room looks like a Toys R Us. <laughs> <laughs> so your mom thinks your your house is nice and tidy and neat and feels like I was an like, adult I was like, hey, with. mom. And the thing is, too, is that like I actually think that truly, okay, no, it doesn't look like a Montessori school, but like it's decent. Like I rotate toys out. Like I think it's very neat and clean. And I mean, we if they're not covering every single like part of the room, I mean, I think it's decent, but apparently it's not for my mom. So, so <laughs> mom, if you're listening, I feel judged. <laughs> Don't judge me. Don't judge yeah, me. Yeah, I see. Like, I actually feel like room. our house, my husband makes comments all the time, but at the end of the night, everything fits in a basket. Like, I mean, if you just like glance around our living room, there's not even toys really laying out. There's like a few books that are stacked, but anyway, I've seen way worse houses, so I'm going to claim that, but still, you know, it's not all like wooden Montessori toys either. Oh, goodness. Well, what a topic. What a topic. Yeah, Honestly, sure we could go on for days and days because there's plenty could. of things. But we the point could. is, you don't know. Like, you know, you all know. your preconceptions of who you're going to be as a parent and also who your child's going to be is, oh, you know. Girl, girl, now you're getting deep. I now know. Now you're getting deep again. We'll but wrap it up being it's, serious. But no, it's, but it's true. true. Mm-hmm. It's true. You don't know. And so I think it's also one of those, you should be open-minded to other mamas because, you know, what works for you may not work for her. Again, I had judgments, you know, for example, about people co-sleeping with their kids. I probably did. I really did at the time before I had kids think like, oh, that's unsafe. And they tell you not to do that. And then there I was. And so I think, you know, mm-hmm. you do what's best for your family and don't don't judge other people if they do things slightly different, like fry their child's brains with French cartoons. So. Well, no, similarly. Yeah, no, that was me. I feel like I would see parents at a restaurant with their kids having a screen and I would think, oh, gosh, like, I don't want that to be my scenario. And granted, we're not in restaurants with him having a screen. Well, we're not in restaurants in general right now. But even previously, that that hasn't been our story yet. But it's like, I feel like I was very quick to pass that judgment. And now I'm like, you know what? I mean, everyone's just doing the best that they can. And frankly, if their kiddo is chilling and enjoying their little screen time in a restaurant because that is what's working for the parents, like, that is not my place to, like, meddle in that. Like, let that parent do what's best for them. And, you know, and who knows? I mean, in a few years, I'm at a restaurant and Emerson's there and things are challenging. A few months, goodness, whatever the case when may be. When me and like, you are hanging out trying to have a glass of wine and hear ourselves thanks, we may put the boys on some screens and say hush heck yes so we don't yeah. know so it's just we don't know. be kind to others you don't know what's going on in their situation and you never know what you will do in the future so yeah. be careful what you say very very true well i feel like this episode would, be, would have been very interesting i'm imagining like myself when i was going through like especially the tail end of my pregnancy when you start to kind of think a little more about what's to come i feel like this would be one that would have been interesting to hear and then to go through the period and then you know think back on because it's like hmm, yeah i wonder this would totally be yeah. a good one for expecting mamas to hear you know just because you do have these preconceived notions and visions of what it's going to be like and you yeah. just never know and also for for our mamas who whose kiddos are already on the other side would love to hear your thoughts on this too so yes as, yes you'll have to leave comments of uh what what you said you would never do as a parent yeah, yeah, we'll we'll definitely post a little bit about that too to kind of generate some some conversation online. But as always, we appreciate hearing from all of you. So never hesitate to reach out to us over on Instagram at ABCs of Matrescence. And hopefully you like our new look as well. We have a fun new little visual that actually features the two of us together, which is awesome because that is still to come in the in the beautiful distant future. But um, as always. If you could also please rate and review us over on iTunes, it's super helpful and allows other mamas to discover us and hopefully doesn't take too much of your time either. So thank you all for joining us this evening or this morning or whenever, whenever you were listening, whenever you can hear yourself think and hear us, hear us babble and cackle in your ear. So (laughs) thank you guys as always for listening and we will talk to you soon. Bye guys. Have a good night.